Hey everybody, Joe here from the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. If you enjoy what we do here on the show and you think it's worth your hard-earned money, you can support the show via Patreon. Just a $1 donation gets you access to bonus episodes, our Discord, and regular episodes before everybody else. If you donate at an elevated level, you get even more bonus content. A digital copy of my book, The Hooligans of Kandahar, and a sticker from our Teespring store. Our show will always be ad-free and is totally supporter-driven. We use that money to pay our bills, buy research materials that make this show possible, and support charities like the Kurdish Red Crescent, the Flint Water Fund, and the Halo Trust. Consider joining the Legion of the Old Crow today. And now back to the show. An army of Jesus Christ which bears his holy cross cannot be beaten. This account of Tiberius suggests that it could be. There must be war. God wills it! Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Lions Live by Donkeys podcast. I'm Joe, and with me today is Liam. What's up, Liam? What's going on, man? Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, you people won't hear it out there, but Joe and I were debating what episode to do literally until he hit the record button. So uh, I believe in professionalism. There's in, a lot in this of, business. well, there's your problem seeping into this podcast. <laughs> I mean, that's the behind the scenes thing is that uh, Nate and, you know, his uh, people make me sound good and I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I can write research papers. I cannot do anything else. Um, now, Liam, if there's one thing that we both enjoy doing, it's making fun of people or making the worst people on earth hate us more, right? So yeah, gonna... and they sure do, Joe. <laughs> they now, sure fucking do. We are going to do that again today. Um, now, if anybody remembers way back a long time ago, probably fucking two years ago at this point, we did an episode about the People's Crusade, sometimes called the Poppers Crusade, where an old idiot led a group of starving peasants onto the Anatolian plain only to die horribly. Now, the Crusades are probably one of the dumber collections of wars that people still bring up as propaganda. It's kind of a, a, a modern thing. Uh, now, this is mostly done by white men with the body composition of a melting candle or Steven Crowder. Um, Which I have, too. But, you know, like, I'm not I'm not out here trying to sack Jerusalem. <laughs> well, I'm the good kind of fat guy. Uh, we are going to talk about one of the dumber ones, probably. I'm going to say so, uh, second place after uh, the People's Crusade. And this is the Fourth Crusade. Um, I think I remember you guys vaguely talking about this, at least alluding to it on an episode of. Yeah, Lillard's we talked problem. about this uh, in the cathedral episode. I think where I was like reading about, I forget what it was, but learning about the the sa- the siege of Constantinople. Uh, basically on the air and just like people doing some uh, people doing some like the crusaders raping nuns and shit. Like, yeah, that happens. like the sack of Constantinople, like l- learning about that live on air and just being like, Oh, like these are some bad fucking people. They're not uh, good. It, <laughs> no, it, as it turns out, it, it turns out most people that gear up for a religious based war, not good folks. Um, now, so uh, before we get to that, uh, you know, the, the nun raping, uh, we, we have to cover some background <laughs> stuff. Um, a sentence I never thought I was going to say. Uh, so, you know, good stuff all around, folks. Um, so between 1176 and 1187, uh, Muslim general and all-around baller-ass leader Saladin took out most of the crusader states that the pre- previous crusades managed to prop up in the Holy Lands. If you're not aware of this, uh, dynamic. I'm not going to go that far into it. Um, now, the crown jewel of these was obviously Jerusalem, which was lost in 1187. 
A city that thankfully has never been the place of combat or civil strife ever since. Nope. Moving on. Nope. <laughs> Swiftly, baby. Yep. Uh, now, this left only Tyre, Tripoli, and Antioch uh, still being held on by Crusaders, but with significantly reduced power. And with that comes reduced prestige, which, you know, obviously these guys are, are big, big fans of, which is why they propped up kingdoms in the middle of nowhere, full of random people they brought in from Europe. Thankfully, another thing that has never happened again. You're one of those guys, too. Like, you're just some asshole, idiot, inbred Habsburg prince. And, like, your dad comes to you while you're playing with your toy soldiers and is like, guess what? You're going to be ruler of the fiefdom on. And you just got to get on a horse with all your dudes. And it's the middle of summer. And it's like 1,800 miles on horseback. You're sweating and the horse is sweating. And you're just <laughs> like, I just want to go home to my incest castle. <laughs> this is the worst summer vacation ever. Uh, Dad, I want to be a king. We have a king at home. Uh, oh, it's, uh, you're going to be king, son. Just uh, change the scenery. You're, you're going you're gonna to take over my throne one day. No, no, no. Not here. You're an idiot. You're going to Antioch. Fuck! Have fun. Pack light. <laughs> <laughs> have fun dying of dysentery and march over. Um, now, the Third Crusade was launched in response to this and made a lot of sweeping gains, managing to take over bits and pieces of the former Crusader kingdoms of uh, Jerusalem, but not the city itself. Uh, the Crusade ended with Saladin and uh, the Crusader armies signing a treaty, giving some of the lands back. Though, like most things in the Crusade, this would be temporary and piss a lot of people off, leading to more conflict. The Crusades did, more than anything, bring some lands under Christendom. However, it exposed that Christians really fucking hated one another, it turns out. Um, now, this seems very obvious, uh, probably to you, Liam, and maybe to a few people listening. But people like to think that the Crusaders and the Muslims that they were fighting uh, were like a united monolith of some kind. And they were not. Um they were a gathering of people from different, uh, you know, I'm using the term nations here, though I use the term very lightly, uh, with different rulers, different cultures, different ethics and morals, and all of them, more importantly, with their own political goals. Uh, so I, the thing I could think of to base this on the most is an even worse, more useless religion-based UN. And that's the oh, only thing I could think oh, of. Oh, some dude in a white helmet just getting an arrow through the eye. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be a peacekeeper like you until I took an arrow in the knee. <laughs> um, now I sit here and say this one line 50 times an hour. <laughs> My wife left me. No, these things aren't related. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the things that occurred during the Third, Third Crusade was the Byzantine Empire, which controlled the Dardanelles and the city of Constantinople, kind of sat this one out. Um, they even refused to give Frederick I, the Holy Roman Emperor, passage over the Bosphorus, which is considered kind of a dick move. Um, now, the reason for this is because they believed that he was working with two breakaway Byzantine uh, regions, Serbia and Bulgaria, which, you know, for his Let own means. Oh, man. Yeah, something that no other ruler of Constantinople would have problems with in the future. <laughs> uh, and, you know, to be fair, he was, but still telling the Holy Roman Emperor, Empire and Emperor to go fuck themselves made them look really bad to other Christians who were trying to do a crusade. Uh, and granted, all of these other guys also had their own beats with Byzantium because fuck them, right? Um, 
This led uh, King Richard of England taking the Byzantine island of Cyprus, refusing to give it back, and then just selling it to the Knights Templar. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's that's actually pretty fucking funny. Have you ever <laughs> smash and grabbed an entire island? It's first now. Like, <laughs> Look, I'm not, it's a Frederick around on the door. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to defend any kings of anywhere, but like, it's some big dick energy. Like, no, 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 no. It's mine it's, now. It's and mine. I'm selling it's it to my... these fucking assholes. I mean, uh, to continue to bum us out, wasn't the uh, Belgian occupation of Congo, wasn't that just King Leopold's like private colony? For quite some time, yes. Uh, oh. it was, yeah, and then it became Belgian Congo, which is still <laughs> a, a horror show. Uh, and like, they, 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 he didn't even sell it to a country. He's like, no, I'm going to give it to these fucking knights. Fuck you. That's why. Joe, they guard the secret of the Holy Grail. Uh, again, thankfully, nothing else bad would ever happen to the island of Cyprus involving anyone ruling Constantinople. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, their Holy Roman Empire almost wheeled back around and attacked Constantinople during the crusade at one point before calling off the attack at the last second because they figured they'd probably be excommunicated. Now, this would be a fear that other people would stop caring about during the Fourth Crusade, which is going to be fun. Um, now, after the Third Crusade, Pope Innocent III rose to power in 1198. Um, now, one of the tenets of his rule... Uh, was that he wanted another crusade, obviously, the fourth, um, in order to secure even more of the lost crusader land. Uh, I don't know. I guess much like the Fast and the Furious, uh, Pope Innocent III could not quit while they were ahead. Oh. <laughs> now, now I'm just imagining uh, the Pope uh, taking some time off, starring in Tokyo Drift. I would watch that. You would watch the, like the Fiat Pope Mobile, like <laughs> kicking its ass out around the corner. Hell yeah, you'd watch that fucking movie. Fuck yeah, I would. Um, now this included obviously taking Jerusalem, the city itself, and reestablishing the kingdom like it had been once before. And he posted as much in his papal bowl in August of 1198. Now, people weren't super happy about this at first, because even though a lot of the powers that be really enjoyed crusades in order to gain more power and wealth, they were pretty tired from fighting constantly. Uh, and the Pope knew how to drive this point home. So he simply started insulting the British and the French by saying the Muslims were laughing at them. Now, that's 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 good. Uh, that's good propaganda, baby. Just like those guys over there think you're a bunch of pussies. <laughs> Normally, you don't have to motivate the British and French to hate Muslims more. I don't know. This is a unique time in history. But even when shit talking worked, in reality, any crusade was going to be kind of hard to organize as the British and French were busy fighting one another in the first hundreds year war at the time, uh, a war that they would occasionally hit pause on. Uh so a grand spectacle was put on in the form of a jousting tournament the next year in 1199. Uh, this is hosted by Count Tybalt of France. Uh, now, once their members of the church, knights, barons, kings, and all those other guys got incredibly drunk and emotional about taking the Holy Lands. Oh, no. Dude, you know what we should do? Dude, bro. I fucking me, love bro. you, man. Bro, I love you. Bro, I love you so much. You know what we should do? We should go take over Jerusalem, bro, as a family, bro. 
And that's the plot of Fast and Furious 10. <laughs> oh, shit. That's only one movie away, I think, I at know, this point. I know, it's coming, buddy. <laughs> Vin Diesel and uh, The Rock just kicking open doors of Jerusalem. Sobbing, like, about family as a... as a about family. And a track plays in the background. <laughs> We should get the we should get the band back together for one more heights, and one it's just them just job. stealing El Asuka Mosque. <laughs> uh, now this obviously worked, uh, you know, taking O's and coming together. Because if there's one thing that Europeans love and can bond over, it's killing brown people. And after this, the crusade moved on to the organization side of things, which I know a lot of people are probably groaning right now. But this is one of my favorite parts of this entire episode because of how incredibly stupid it is. I know we we run the gamut from modern warfare to ancient warfare on the show. So sometimes like the logistical systems can kind of blend together. So I like to shine the light on how dumb this shit used to be. I mean, it's still kind of dumb, but it was even dumber back then. Um, now remember that, like I said, these are not a unified force. Like not everyone in Europe is taking part in this, and even below, like certain kings, they're like their individual barons and, and and knights and shit aren't taking. But this is all voluntary. Uh, so this meant that Count Tybalt and Count Baldwin of Flanders had to meet with various local leaders and how to best put together a force and get it over to the Holy Land, which remember is thousands of miles away. Oh Jesus. Uh, before we talked about in our previous episode in regards to the crusade, that this was simply done in the hardest way possible. The army would simply march over land towards the Middle East. This would take months, drain resources, and almost always ended in people dying of horrible diseases and starvation before they even fucking got there. Uh, because it turns out in the 1100s, it was not a good time to get together with tens of thousands of your friends and go camping in the woods. Once we, once one of us has dysentery, we all have dysentery. Let's all just shit on each other. God wills it. Uh, now, not to mention, this required every nation along that marching route to agree to let in what amounted to be a biblical swarm of locusts onto their land. So it would pick it clean and steal everything that wasn't fucking bolted down, whether it be for loot or food as they pass through. This, as it turns out, was not fucking popular. <laughs> No, <laughs> like uh, these armies are fucking huge. Like during the the People's War or the People's Crusade, uh, which is decidedly not a People's War, actually. Uh, <laughs> like it was tens of thousands of starving peasants just like knocking on the gates of some Hungarian city, and they're like, "No, fuck off! We don't want you here." <laughs> As they like ripped up even the grass and trees outside to try to eat them. Oh, that's oh god. So not super That's good popular, roughage, I guess. Yeah. Well, like they had no food because they left before the harvest and the food they did have had some like had like was poisoned with ergot. Uh, so it caused them to trip my, uh, like manically and shit their pants until they died. Nice. <laughs> ergot is also possibly uh, what caused uh, mass delirium for the, uh, the, the, the Salem witch trials. I heard that I, one somewhere. I believe it. You know, food um, uh, sanitation not high on the list in history until about a hundred years ago. No, and even then, it was pretty fucking rudimentary. Like people still weren't washing their hands. So, like you know, you can imagine the eleven hundreds where someone like goes out to the wood line, fucking pops a squat, shits, yeah, wipes their ass with some take leaves, take my dick out, and put it between two slices of bread. <laughs> 
Uh, and then like walks back over to your communal rice bowl or whatever, and then just like fist fucks it with their shit covered hand. They're like, oh, thank why you is for everybody dying? I appreciate that. <laughs> now, uh, more than often and more than once, uh, one of these nations would be like, no, get the fuck off my land, which would lead to a small war along the way to the real war they had planned <laughs> since the beginning. We're still, even if everything went just right and your various soldiers did not, in fact, die of horrible parasites or invade a random city along the way, the army would then, in best case situation, still arrive marching through the Middle East in the middle of the fucking desert through hostile lands, tired from months of walking, and then have to fend off a goddamn war. So... Bad. That sounds like a recipe for success to me, Joe. Can't possibly fail. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually gonna... cannot possibly fail. And now, now you just like backpack through Europe uh, with, like, with like modern amenities. Back then, you just wore what amounted to be kind of sandals, wore uh, you know homespun rags, and then shuffled through the Hungarian countryside, dying of internal parasites. That's what I did when I backpacked through Europe. That's that's the true experience, you know. Anything taking a shower these really kids ruins these the days immersion. Are <laughs> <laughs> In my day, we would backpack through Hungary until I shit myself and die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not to mention tripping balls the whole time because your brain is melting from ergot, which would be pretty tight, admittedly. But if I was if I was to die, I would like a way that would make me so out of my own mind, I don't know I'm dying. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. exactly. So if all of the, if we're ranking how peasants could die in the, in like the fucking dark ages, it's not the worst. You could just worse. starve or I don't know. Someone kills a horse and puts in your water supply <laughs> or something. So. Everybody realized this is a very bad idea, and they came up with a new plan. They would simply contract out a bunch of boats and sail to Egypt and march from there. Now, notice I said contract, not just like deploy their own navies. That's because those really weren't a thing yet. Like, you know, uh, state-controlled navies were a a, a new idea, and so not many people had from one. Dude? Uh, Venice. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, like most of these guys didn't have a navy, uh, or if they did have a navy, it was way too small to transport what was going to be tens of thousands of men, thousands of horses, and all of the supplies they thought that they would need. Right? Um, like in the case of the Byzantine Empire, the emperor made his brother-in-law the admiral of the navy, who then used his newfound powers to literally part it out and sell it for his own personal gain. Genius. Oh, he, that's amazing. <laughs> he did this to the point it left the empire with no functional navy. Like, this is a little bit of a side story, but this man literally sold entire ships to anyone with money. Um, and he gave none of the profits back to the empire and said, just built a sick new palace with the money. Yo, good for him. That's tight, man. That's genius. That's, uh, you gotta admire that you get sometimes chutzpah. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta admire it. And even funnier is a lot of these got sold to Venice. Uh, <laughs> it was like all roads through Venice. Yeah. They're like, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll do a deal with your despotic idiot brother. <laughs> Give it to us. We guess. So six knights traveled to Venice, the trade and naval powerhouse of the era. There they would arrange for passage for 4,500 knights with their mounts, 9,000 squires, 
and sergeants who are feudal men at arms, which are just like dudes of less than knightly rank, as, as well as 20,000 ordinary footmen for a grand total of 33,500 33, men and 4,500 horses. So to cut this deal, they met with the 80-year-old Doge Dandolo, the elected leader of Venice, and a man who by all accounts is almost entirely blind and also had a name that made him sound like the cousin of Tom fucking Bombadil. Dad? Uh, <laughs> like doge is a title uh yes. and i can and i can't like i don't know if anybody was not aware of that but i cannot not laugh every time i had to write it because obviously like any other grown adult and professional historian when i see doge i think of the dog memes not the fucking crypto coin all right <laughs> such power much navy wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like i just want to photoshop the dog's head um, the old fucking uh, guy, like Venetian guy, uh, who is also like blind. So I guess he's wearing sunglasses or something. I don't know. I may have just made this Doge problematic. I don't fucking know, uh, but I like it. Um, now, obviously, the Doge agreed. Uh, the price for this armada would be eighty four thousand marks of silver. If anybody is asking how much that is in real money nowadays, I have no fucking idea. A lot. It's a lot of money. Um, now, to go one further, Doge made Venice not just a, a mere supply contract, not like yield military contractor, but a full partner the in the crusade. Blackwater. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Imagine if Venice was controlled by Blackwater. Everybody would have to walk around in 511 pants, Oakley sunglasses, and fucking Have you guys uh, heard of our shirts. tactical gondolas? Just drinking <laughs> black rifle coffee. Uh, I don't know. Uh, doing God, war with Molly all up and down the side for no fucking reason. Talk about talk to me about how Eddie Gallagher is actually a good guy. I don't fucking know. Ah, uh, we must go see Doge fucking uh, Eddie. Angelo. Oh no, thanks. <laughs> Every child is born in a fucking uh, a subdued American flag is tattooed directly onto their sternum for oh. reasons that aren't entirely sure because America doesn't exist yet. So he, the, he uh, wanted Venice to be a 100% shared partner of this crusade. He, he didn't want to be like a side piece. Now, in return, side piece. <laughs> crusade side piece, <laughs> we're, we're coining all sorts of very cursed items already. Um, now, in return for a half share of all conquests, Venice would provide an escort force of, full, of 50 fully manned and armed war galleys, something that no other power in Europe could offer. The Great Fleet would sail in the summer of the next year, 1202. Now, just in time for all this, Tybalt died. Um, Convenient. Yeah, uh, he took the easy way out. This, this left the, uh, the organization and leadership of this entire enterprise under the Italian count named Boniface I. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, uh, it does not go great. But, you know, this switch of leadership didn't slow the crusade down, didn't really matter. They went ahead with their plan. During the late spring of 1202, the crusaders began to gather at Venice. But by the intended departure date, they had That's managed... the worst orgy I'd ever been to. <laughs> oh, God, everybody just fucking reeks. Picture it. Picture it. Because they all had to get to Venice somehow, so you know they walked. Oh, Nobody's a bunch bathing. of sweaty dudes. That's a lot of sweaty dudes. It's just like 2006 Warp Tour. Oh, uh, as someone who was at that Warp Tour, I can confirm. 
Yep. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, the Detroit organizers of the Warp Tour who decided to put it in a blacktop parking lot. Uh, yeah. In there. In July. <laughs> we don't know why all these people are passing out of heat exhaustion. Mystery Dawes, see ya. Why are all these teenagers on drugs dying? Oh, weird. <laughs> Must be the drugs. Um, but so by the time the, the departure date came around, they only had 10,000 men who had actually gotten to Venice. Everybody else is apparently like came down from their crusade drunk. Like, I really don't want to do that. So when you get drunk and make plans with your drunk friends and then like the next day rolls around and nobody's calling anybody. We're going to get breakfast together. <laughs> yeah. In Constantinople. <laughs> so 10,000 men is a whole of a hell lot less than 33,500 that the Crusaders told the Venetians were coming. This brought up several very large problems for everyone. Each man was supposed to pay his way on the Venetian boats. This would cover the charter fee required by Venice in order to use their boats. But there was no central government or there wasn't like, you know, Boniface didn't have like a bag full of money for everybody to hand over all at once. Each soldier had to bring their own money to pay passage. With most of them not showing up, that meant the Crusaders did not have nearly enough fucking money to pay Venice. And if that sounds bad, it actually gets much worse. Not only did they not have enough money to pay Venice, they suddenly found themselves an incredible amount, incredible amount of Venetian debt. They did not even think about it first. Venice was a massive seafaring trade powerhouse, but they also didn't just have enough boats for tens of thousands of people laying around. So they... Uh, had to facilitate this mission by suspending regular trade to build and retrofit their existing fleet in order to carry it out. The the Crusaders like toll that they were paying was to cover that debt. Now, the Doge, I'm sure completely accidentally, did not in fact tell the Crusaders they were taking on debt with this mission. <laughs> but nah. they were. They'll figure it out. Fuck them. Now the Venetians were put out. Not only did they burn through their own treasury, they went into debt, assuming the Crusaders would make up the difference until they can make a killing on war loot, which is the, in reality the entire purpose that anybody ever went on crusades. The Crusaders didn't have enough money to pick up the tab for the 20,000 or so people who were missing, not to mention they didn't have enough money to pay off the Venetian debt. The Venetians told the Crusaders if they didn't pay up, the crusade would be shit-canned on top of expecting all of the crusading nobles to pay off the debt. Less, of course, all of the European powers taking part run afoul of arguably the richest and most powerful nation in the world at the time. Now, this effectively killed the crusade on the spot, as well as put everyone in a very, very bad place. But the, the Venetians hit the crusaders with a proposition. You play video oh, games, right? You I don't play- want to make lemons out of lemonade, lemonade out of lemons. I just want to go home. <laughs> you, you, you ever played like, you know, Skyrim or like any other yeah. RPG? Like, you know, like, the branching quest line when they're like, I went here for one main quest line, but now this asshole is giving me like 10 other ones in order to get to that one. Yep. This is a side quest. (laughs) Oh no. The Venetian said, we can totally make this work for you, but you have to make this work for us. They would suspend the crusader debt if they invaded and took over the the port of Zara, the port controlled by Hungary who were Christian. (laughs) Oh, uh, how does every crusade end up fucking hungry somehow? It's kind of incredible. Hope you guys like schisms. (laughs) (laughs) 
Obviously, some crusaders were really fucking unhappy with this. And this included the leader of the crusade, Boniface I, who's like, fuck this, I'm going home, and ditched his own army. Which is peace? He just... Yeah, he just went home. He's like, this isn't... Him, man. This I have nothing to do with this anymore. This is clearly like the Doge's enterprise now. Getting he, This dude got ran circles around in politics and like finance by an 80-year-old blind man in the 1100s. Sorry, 1200s. That's tough. Yeah, which is like getting out-muscled by like someone who's like 150 today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but some people went along because they're like, well, I'm already here. I sold probably most of my shit in order to get here. Assuming Might as, as well go, go sack some city. Yeah, they probably assume they'd be living in Jerusalem or you know, more likely die in the desert somewhere. They didn't have anywhere to go home to. The Holy War had been co-opted becoming the mob guy who just kneecaps other people for not paying their debt. <laughs> Many knights saw this for what it was and went home, but the invasion of Zara went on, where it fell after a short siege. Afterwards, a fistfight between the Frankish and Venetian factions <laughs> over the distribution of loot killed 100 people. <laughs> That's a hell of a fistfight. Which, admittedly, was almost as many people killed in the siege. Most of the, the, the population of Zara saw it coming and just fucking left. So they, like, it was almost a siege over an empty city. Gotcha. For this, the Pope excommunicated his own crusader army in 1203, though he eventually undid that excommunication for any non-Venetians a few months later. Mm. <laughs> mm, it's funny how that works. The, just the, the Pope just like rubbing his temples like, what the fuck? What are these what guys are you, doing? You did what now? What do you mean you sacked a Christian city? That's in the wrong direction. That's not even... They're not even... No south, dumbass! <laughs> I gave you one city! Now, the Crusaders sat in Zara over the winter, not sure what to do next. Because uh, the, the Pope undid the excommunication, I believe, in February. So, like, for a couple months, they were sitting there like, fuck, we can't go home. <laughs> that was until they were given an offer, again, that they couldn't refuse. The discarded son of the last deposed emperor of uh, Byzantium had come to France to plead his case. Alexios IV said that the Crusaders, if the Crusaders ditched their plan on landing in Egypt and instead attacked Constantinople and put him on the throne, oh, how he, convenient. he would pay their entire debt to the Venetians as well as put the Eastern Orthodox Church under the command of the Pope, vastly expanding the Catholic Church's power. The Doge obviously thought this is a fucking great idea. Not only would this square the Crusader debt, something he still had not paid off, but it would make Venice's main trade rival indebted to him. You know, not to mention the Doge hated the fucking Byzantines. And like there's some uh, apocryphal stories that they were the one that blinded him. Oh, nobody's entirely sure. So, I mean, this might also be like payback of some kind. Sure. So it not only fucking them over, but also making an incredible amount of money was perfect. The Crusaders thought the plan was great. It would get them out of debt. And even after Zara, the Pope would have to forgive them because they brought sure. in the Orthodox Church. You know, of course, you know, leaving out the fact this required you to take over Constantinople by force. Yeah. All right. That's fine. I'm sure. Now, this brought several other problems to the front. While the Doge and a few other lords have been plotting to turn this entire crusade into a little more of a cash grab, they hadn't stopped long enough to educate themselves in just how the Byzantine government actually fucking worked. Or, that more, or they just didn't care, which is probably more likely. 
um, the Byzantine Empire was not an explicit dynastic role. It was more of like a president of life with absolute power. Oh, that'd be tight. Uh, man, do I have some countries for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes it passed within families. Most of the time it didn't. And being the brother of an emperor didn't fucking mean anything. Like it didn't mean he had a claim to the title oh, in any way. Yeah. So when they sailed by Constantinople, Dondolo came up with this great idea of dressing Alexios as emperor. And then like just like having him hang out on the boat as they floated by the city to show people like, look, we're coming with a better emperor for you. Um, as dumb as you're, that really sounds. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Scoreboard. Uh, it didn't work. <laughs> um, it turns out nobody gave a fuck. I can't um, believe my genius plan didn't work out. <laughs> and like, you know, the Doge believed that like people, because I mean, the Alexios that's in power, it's Alexios is all the way down, was not very popular. Of course. Um, he was not very great at his job. But, you know, the Doge believed that if they saw this other guy, like they're going to have a revolution. Um, instead, they shot arrows at them. Uh, oh, that didn't work out. Yeah, that should have been a hint that something was not going to work. Yeah, they didn't uh, turn around. But they went ahead anyway. Disregarding the idea of a popular uprising, they settled for you know a siege. How is that plan B? Uh, I don't know. And this like one trip ponies. <laughs> I when when all of you have when all you have is Alexios's, everything just kind of looks like a nail, I guess. Um, <laughs> and like there's they lost even more crusaders because they're like whoa 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 I am not invading Constantinople either because of my personal ethics disagree with it or because that looks really fucking hard. <laughs> Which is a good, good of a reason as any, I think. Yes. I mean, because, you know, Constantinople, legendarily hard to besiege, right? Um, but, you know, they just kind of shrugged, said fuck it, and uh, left again to besiege the city. Now, for people unaware, the city uh, of Constantinople is known for being incredibly hard to besiege, take over, invade, Whatever. Um, and, and it was also very easy to defend, assuming you have a semi-competent guy in charge. It could only be attacked from land from the west, which were guarded by walls that had gone down in history for their strength, and a harbor, which was protected by a, a giant fucking chain that stopped most boats from getting in. Armies much larger and better organized, and maybe not ones fighting over a mob debt, had tried and failed to take the city <laughs> before. They decided they should attack along the Golden Horn Harbor Front, which was guarded by a fortress known as the Tower of Galata. Probably pronouncing that wrong. Um, when the Crusaders landed, they were uh, immediately opposed by an army led out the gates by the Byzantine Emperor himself. Well, kind of heroic, the Emperor's army broke after a single charge of, by a unit of French knights. Um, who quickly went on to take the tower without much more of a struggle. Like, oh, how, that's embarrassing. How bad do you have to be as an Emperor for your own Legendarily like, defended city tale. Yeah. Yeah, like how bad do you have to be as like uh, an emperor, like the highest fucking ranking person for like someone to be like, I'm fine looking like shit in front of you and I'm running away. <laughs> See you, dude. <laughs> Bye, motherfucker. I, I don't have to outrun the French. I just have to outrun the emperor. <laughs> uh, like I said, the harbor was protected by chains stretching across the length of them, which were, again, very hard to breach. Uh, the Byzantines didn't think of it as much of a threat because how secure they were. And uh, the Venetians broke it pretty easily, actually. They, uh, they simply had a transport ship uh, with like a fuckload of rowers 
get a head start and just kind of bonsai charge into the chain, which broke the chain and also completely obliterated the ship and killed most of the crew. Uh, <laughs> for a noble cause or whatever. <laughs> now this opened the way for the others behind it. And uh, now with a foothold, the debt army attacked into the city itself. It would be a two-prong attack attack with the Venetians using their ships as siege towers, with additions being built out on the fly with extra spears as, like, weight uh, buttresses or whatever, and then, like, random bits of whatever they could find to be platforms on top of it. Oh, that's fucking sick. And they built these over so many different, like, levels that people would have to climb over that they could just, like, jump from the floating siege tower right onto the top of the wall to fight. I don't know how insane or ballsy you have to be to scramble up a fucking siege tower made out of extra spears on a floating, like, like a platform that's rocking back and forth because you're on the ocean. I am. Yeah, I'd be like, nah, man, fuck that. See ya. <laughs> yeah, I, I am uh, going to go find an opening with like the rower guy. Uh, maybe. Yeah, um, I'm going to die either way, but at least this way I'm not rocking while I'm doing it. Does anybody need any paperwork signed? <laughs> <laughs> being a, being a, a, a debt army's quartermaster. <laughs> Uh, does anybody need any more spears? I'll go get them for you. You guys have good luck with that. Um, yeah, like soldiers were jumping from the boats directly into the walls and fighting, while the French would try to attack across the ground where they felt more comfortable uh, against a different section of the wall. Now, the Venetians succeeded in doing so. Uh, and during the fighting, they managed to set some buildings on fire, uh, which quickly spread throughout the city by strong winds. Now, the French attack did not go so successfully. Uh, their scaling ladders were pretty easy to deal with and were thrown back, um, which sounds like funny. Fuck that. Uh, these walls are tall as shit. You get thrown off those ladders, you are dead. You are dead no, as you're, shit. No, you're fucked. Enjoy your broken ass back and your broken ass everything. Yeah. Like, remember, falling off this ladder and breaking your leg it means you might die because it is the 1200s. Of dysentery, though, for some reason. <laughs> We went to uh, uh, cut off his, the broken stump of his leg and diarrhea came out. <laughs> Brown bile. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got too much of the, the his yellow humors are all off. We need to bleed him. Oh, that's, di- that's diarrhea too. Uh, diarrhea of the soul. <laughs> As they try to figure out what to do on the shore, uh, the Byzantines counterattacked to rush out and fight them. Now, this cut off the French, which left the Doge, who was on the front line. Remember, Why? he's an he's an eighty year old, two hundred years old. <laughs> it's like that scene from uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. It's like you shall not pass, but he's just like staring at the wall. <laughs> sir oh, uh, over here Doge. Over sir here. the on, front buddy. line is, is, is over here get you out of here bud why don't you get, me, get you some uh, cream of oat bud <sighs> and uh so it, but this left the doge in, in in a bad position because they controlled over a mile of the city's wall but if the french were cut off and surrounded and unable to secure their spot that meant the venetians could surround them and slowly push them out of their position so he made the decision to abandon the secured side of the walls and rush off to help the French. But this is actually the one smart Byzantine strategy that was deployed here. Once they saw the Venetians break and come towards the French, they simply called their attack off, went back into the city, and retook the walls the Venetians had just abandoned. Uh, so 
you know, the one good move here. Uh, they managed to fuck both the Venetians and the French at the same time. Uh, you know, yield pig roast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. But temporary victory. I wanted to fucking hear. You're welcome. You're welcome Thanks, for Joe. my service. Thanks, Joe. But temporary victory was not enough. Now, the Byzantine emperor almost immediately after this realized that he was not going to fucking win. Uh, or that maybe, you know, he may have won the battle, but the church was just going to send more reinforcements because they obviously support the Crusades, which they didn't. There was no reinforcements coming. Um, My boy panicked, though, I assume. Yeah, that night he grabbed his favorite mistress. Oh, boy. Not his wife. (laughs) One of his kids, not the other four, pocketed about all of the treasuries he could and then fucked off out of the city, leaving his wife and several of his children behind. That is what a baller. (laughs) Wow. Wow. If you're the wife, like, I know you can't get divorced because it's like 1204 or whatever, but like. Wow, that's such a dick move. Yeah, that's 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 a legendarily dick move. Not only did he so fuck rude. his own family over, he fucked over like a million people all at the same time. Well, deuces. After this, the nobles of the city said, fuck, we don't have an emperor, and reinstated Alexios IV's father as emperor, despite the fact that he was old, delusional, and completely blind. Um, uh, hey. You don't talk about my dad that way. <laughs> Which that, William Anderson's a nice man. For all of those reasons, actually made it illegal for him to be emperor. Uh, like he the made Byz- it like a law specifically against him. Uh, it was at a certain age you could no longer rule. Ah, okay. Yeah, Plus and he was <laughs> several years beyond that, ah. and just like a doddering, like it, you know, everybody says that like you know during his like his last term uh reagan was pretty much not there because he was of, being guided by the uh the astrologist <laughs> yeah I, I, this guy is by you know the the accounts vary but he was not in his in control of his own faculties uh like he had to like be walked over to the throne like your emperor again he was like hash browns have you guys seen 51st dates <laughs> Every morning he wakes up, he has to be uh, reminded that he's emperor of Byzantium. I would watch that movie. I would also watch that movie, actually. Now, seeing themselves outmaneuvered here, because remember, the Doge was like, ah, we got rid of him. We can go plop the Alexios IV right there on the throne. Problem solved. Like, we have our emperor. He's like, ah, fuck, they elected a different guy. So, but, you know, they, they were still outside the city. Uh, rightfully assume that the war was still going in their favor, even though they hadn't won quite yet. And they demanded that Alexios IV be crowned co-emperor alongside his old shitty dad, uh, despite the fact co-emperor not being a thing that uh, had previously existed. Don't worry about that. Yeah, uh, uh, I debate you in the battlefield of ideas with my huge fucking army. Make him co-emperor. They're like, we see your point. We got it, you know? Yeah. You make <laughs> you make a convincing argument As with, you're with your through with a sword, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they they agreed, uh, and the nobles gave the to the Doge's demands, and they marched into the city, victors, and sat their chosen idiot on the throne alongside his half dead dad. <laughs> but it was not. It was uh, so at this point. Remember, their goal was not Constantinople. They still have a whole Jerusalem to take over, right? Right. <laughs> In case anybody forgot what the main quest line here was, so we couldn't blame you. Uh, but it was too late in the season to continue their crusade as planned towards the Holy Land. Uh, now, remember, this is 
two invasions and one excommunication ago. So I forgive you for losing track. So they would simply have to wait until spring for the promised Byzantine money. Because remember, Alexios IV said, I'll pay off your debts. I'll do this, that, and the other thing. Like You'll be set for life because you made you made me emperor, bro. Uh, so they just had to sit there and wait until you know he filled his side of the deal. Small problem. The empire was bankrupt. Uh, oh. <laughs> whoops! Because uh, remember, the last fleeing emperor stole... Like literally the entire treasury as he went. Um, and most of the city had been burnt down by that whole war thing. And while everyone involved were technically allies now, they fucking hated one another. The Byzantines hated the Crusaders, you know, for obvious reasons. Yeah. You burnt down my city, you dick. Uh, and the Crusaders still hated each other. Uh, and they also hated the Byzantines, who they believed were heretics and cowards. Um, so Alexios IV knew that he would be fucked. So he started literally melting down Roman and church artifacts for their gold and silver content in order to pay oh, off the debt that he had oh taken. Boy. Oh boy. But it still was not enough. Uh, some of the things that he ordered to be melted down were like religious and church oh, icons. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, and this might shock you. This is unpopular. Um, this led to massive riots within the city, leading to another chunk of the city being burnt down. <laughs> Then the Crusaders, who were the only functioning military force built in the city, uh, attempted to put these riots down. I assume with all the finesse and guile of Seattle Police Department. Uh, And they also succeeded in burning down more of the city. By 1204, Isaac II, the blind old deaf half of the emperorship, died. Uh, Oh, no. Leaving the whole throne to Alexios IV. But not quite. Who could have um, foreseen this coming? Because remember, uh, the Senate of Bi- of the Byzantine Empire did not elect Alexios IV. So the Crusaders assumed uh, that, oh, okay, one of them died. That means our other guys in charge ha- is the full emperor now. No. Instead, the Senate elected a new emperor. Yes. Who <laughs> took one le- look at the Byzantine Empire and Constantinople was like, yeah, I'm fucking out of here and ran. Uh, He ended up running into a Catholic church and asking for protection. Um, The Senate then chose another man, uh, Alexios Dukas, to be the new emperor. Um, So he then overthrew Alexios IV and had him strangled. (laughs) Oh, that's one way of doing it. Yep. Fair enough. (laughs) I believe in democracy of these hands. Um, uh, Do you want to fight me? (laughs) Do you want to catch these hands? The new emperor, now known as Alexios V, refused to honor the deal with it that his idiot predecessor had made with the Crusaders, leading to a renewal of the war. The Crusaders saw they had they had like no hope of of cooperating with this new emperor for obvious reasons, and they simply resolved to conquer the city and take the entire Byzantine Empire for themselves. Now, in this h- hypothetical situation, six French and six Venetian nobles were to elect a new emperor who would receive a quarter of the empire in his own name, with the rest of it being divided amongst uh, French and uh, Venetian holdings. Sure. Um, about now, there was some evidence that Pope Innocent III demanded the Crusaders not attack the city again. But... That letter, which would have acted as a papal order, mysteriously went missing. 
and never made it to Constantinople uh, and never made it to the Crusaders themselves. Now, most people theorize that this was probably done by a uh, sympathetic church official uh, that was like on the Crusader says like, whoop, order's gone. Uh, oh, no. Who knows where it went? Crazy yep. how that happens. Now, up until this point, Alexios V had been doing a much better job defending his city compared to all the other Alexioses that had been emperor this year, right? Uh, But a group of soldiers that were mostly the backbone of the entire defense were known as the Vargarian Guard. Uh, These were axe-wielding Anglo-Saxon soldiers, and they have been doing most of the killing and, you know, most of the dying, for that matter, for him. Now, they took this opportunity to kind of go on strike. Uh (laughs) They refuse to continue fighting unless they get a raise. Good for that, man. <laughs> one union, one big union. <laughs> International Vargarian Guard Workers Association. Um, uh, now, when this happened, the Crusaders set the city on fire again. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what they were burning at this point. Um, and without the Vargarian Guard, the uh, it was pretty much the straw that broke the camel's back of the city fell on April 13th, 1204. And yet another Alexios ran from the city, leaving the throne open. Rather than oh, just, love to do that shit, huh? You, you love to set Constantinople on fire, don't we, and folks? Run for it, yeah, yeah. For some reason, it'd be a shame if that happened to the modern Constantinople. Nate, cut that out. <laughs> um, Leave it in. <laughs> uh, that's not an actionable threat. It was amusing, yeah. Nate. You baby. Uh, now, rather than just marching in and sitting another Alexios on the throne, the Crusaders went on a three-day-long three orgy of violence, ruthlessly sacking the city. And despite threats of excommunication, they murdered and raped nuns, which the Pope seemed to be fine with. Jesus Christ! Yeah, uh, he was like, "Don't, don't, don't you do that? Oh, you're doing it. Don't you do that again? Oh, they're doing oh, it again. No, I will write you a strongly worded letter about how I feel about this. Like I said, religious UN. Uh, like, and remember, he excommunicated them for a couple months for attacking a city. That that was beyond the pale. But like, literally, literally raping cl- clergy was too far. And just to be clear, it was not just nuns. Oh, yeah. I fi- I mean, I figured. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, this this city was absolutely fucking just destroyed. Um, now they raided churches, mosques, normal homes. Everything that wasn't already burnt several times over was stolen. Uh, the Crusaders wanted money more than prizes. Remember, they have fucking debts they got to pay off, and like lugging back some like church icons you can't deposit that into the venetian bank account so instead of stealing monuments or works of art they melted them down to their core elements this included just a ton of religious icons like these these guys who are going out of crusade like tear that cross down and get me that fucking gold bitch jesus yeah crusaders and, not great people yeah who'd have thought uh and you know, i was honest- gonna make a joke and then you ruined it with uh with the nun fact uh, Do you want to hear the joke? I want to hear the joke now. Yeah, you can't just oh, leave me hanging like that. Relentlessly sacking. Ask me about my sex life. <laughs> oh God damn it! Uh, now the the juxtaposition to this is actually kind of funny because while um, the Crusaders were like 
melting. Like they were effectively me in high school ripping copper out of walls and shit to sell for money. Oh, yeah, I got you. Uh, while the Venetians were carting away entire statues and monuments to be brought back home. I love like the, the idea of like you like wading into like midtown Detroit and just like knocking over a statue and being like, Joey's going to have 40s this weekend, 40s for everybody. Just kicking over the spirit of a Detroit statue to drag home and put my front lawn. <laughs> um, like nothing was fucking spared here. They like ch- they they like broke into dead em- emperors' tombs, like stole everything was out of them, and then like left their skeletons in the middle of the road, <laughs> which is the only kind of looting I'm fine with. Actually, uh, I'm fine with looting the tombs of emperors. Fuck them. Um, Whatever, nope. They're already dead. Yeah, they need a part. And they're emperors. They're, they're being buried with more riches than I will ever see in my entire life. Loot the shit out of them. This podcast does not condone grave robbing. Uh, so there, sometimes, that's good. Some sometimes consensual grave robbing. I don't know. Um, now you can actually still see some of these looted treasures. Uh, if you, for some reason, find yourself in Venice, or you are a listener who happens to be in Venice, you will see four giant statues made out of bronze at Saint Mark's Basilica. And those are originally part of a monument in Constantinople that was stolen and drugged back to the city after the sacking. And though at one point in 1797, Napoleon looted those same horses from Venice and brought them to Paris, they were then re-looted and brought back to Venice. <laughs> That's terrific. <laughs> now, roughly, the total amount looted here was around 900,000 silver marks, uh, which was split up, but most of this went back to the Venetians. Uh, and if you remember, their debt was like 80,000? So, like, they made a fucking killing here. Now, the Byzantine Empire at this point was effectively destroyed. They were cut down to little more than nothing. Uh, Most of its territories were divided amongst crusaders. And when the smoke cleared, they crowned Baldwin of Flanders, the first emperor of the new Latin Empire. Good for him, man. The, The Doge had been offered that position at first, but turned it down, probably after being told how much shit had been stolen. And uh, realizing whoever took this mess over would have to govern it. So he went back to Venice. Um, Smart man. Now, Byzantium would be restored, you know, uh, famously in 1282, uh, but it would never regain its previous power. And hilariously enough, this historical sacking of the crown of Christendom all sparked because of a group of assholes couldn't pay off their debts directly led to the future Ottoman conquest, ending in the fall of Constantinople in 1453 and the collapse of you know, mainstream or powerful Christendom in the East, which means of all of the things we've ever talked about, this might just go down the greatest cell phones in all of history. Oh, yeah. You managed to collapse your own society. Congratulations, because <laughs> you want because you got drunk with your friends and you just had to make plans the next day. And just, just a reminder, this started to as an invade like, as a planned invasion of Jerusalem, which never occurred. I love that. <laughs> They got the <laughs> They got to Constantinople and like burnt themselves like I'm kinda tired from all that looting and uh and, and nun rape. I guess uh I guess I'm just gonna go home. Yeah, yeah I'll just go see, home. See you guys, catch you on the flip side, like burning torches behind you. Yeah, it, it turns out the, the 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 true crusade is the friends we made along the way and the cities we set on fire. That doesn't flow so well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> so, Liam, yes, we, do a, we do a segment on this show uh, called Questions from the Legion. 
Uh, I guess this is the drop for that. <laughs> if you would like to ask us a question to Legion, donate to the show. Uh, you can ask us through Patreon, through our Discord, which is normally where I get them from if you don't send them to me on, on Patreon. Or you could contract a, uh, a, a a ship in Venice, sail to Constance, and no, don't, don't do that. Um, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> today's question from the Legion is, uh, which world leader would you want to go to dinner with, and what would you talk about? Uh, give me a... I, I'm I'm going to set a ground rule here. You cannot invite someone to dinner just so you can physically assault them. Give me Trudeau, uh, because like the guy is just this perfect representation of like smug Canadian white dickheads. That like I need like, and I know his dad was prime minister, and therefore he believes yeah. his birthright. But like Trudeau is one of those people. I just want to be like, why do you think you're anything more than a mediocre white dude? Like who well, I mean, told he, you he, he did his best to not be a mediocre white man by covering himself in blackface. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> and I do want to fight Justin Trudeau. Open the border, <laughs> pussy. <laughs> Open the border. Catch these hands. Twenty twenty one. I so I unfortunately set a ground rule: you can't invite them to dinner solely to fight them, which cuts. That takes out your guy, I imagine. A lot of them. Mostly all of them. It certainly yeah. takes out Erdogan. And Aliyev. I got nothing left. I can't even have dinner with the Armenian prime minister because I kind of want to fight him too. I'd be interested in meeting uh, Xi Jinping. I would not. Like, I don't know. I, I, I want to meet all these fucking weirdos. Uh, I would. Oh, man. I got nothing here. I have actually met Joe Biden. So I have, I have never met a head of state. Uh, while they're head of state anyway. Uh, Hillary Clinton once told me she was once told my mother I was the cutest baby she'd ever seen. Is that why? Uh, never mind. I'm not finishing that. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, she was a liar then and she's a liar now. <laughs> I was a cute baby. I just wasn't that cute. I am going to say Emmanuel Macron. Um, I have I, had Macron uh, next. Now, he falls under 99% of the um, the same problems that Trudeau has, in my opinion, where, you know, he is he is very French and all the problems that come with that. But he is also the only world leader who stood up for Armenia uh, during the 2020 war. Um, so I guess I got to you do not, in fact, have to hand a tanny head of state, but at least I'd, I'd give him a high five for that. He because if he didn't say anything else, it would be people, illegal. People are just like, I can't believe he won. And I'm just like, he wasn't Lapad. That's all he was running <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. it. That's the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, he he covers the baseline French racism of hating Muslims without being an outright Nazi, which is all some people want. Um so, Liam, thank you for joining us here today. Uh, everyone, for thank you me. for uh, coming over and listening to... Um, Wait, why am I thanking you for having me? This is my show, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always thank... Uh, like, I thanked Nick, I don't know, 150 fucking times, and he was my co-host. So, um, I always you're, like to thank the welcome. people... You're, thank you for appearing on my show, Joe. <laughs> uh, uh, now also plug your other show. Oh, yeah. Go listen to Well, There's Your Problem. Yeah, it's a it's, show about engineering disasters and some other stuff. With when slides. people ask us to record it with slides. <laughs> and everybody, thank you again for supporting the show. You make everything new possible. And until next time, don't.
do crusades. Don't do crusades. Don't don't uh, especially don't find yourself indebted to an eighty year old blind man. 